Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Kelly Higdon and today I'm joined by a super special guest, my husband, <laughs> Greg Higdon. Hello everyone. <laughs> um, what you don't know that you may need to know right off the bat is I am the talker of the relationship and my husband is the listener. <laughs> yeah, I listen a lot more. <laughs> so yeah. he has already warned me that I'm going to have to draw stuff out of him. But today we're going to be talking about um, being in partnership with someone who's building a business. Um, we were married when I started my private practice. And now you are starting your own business with bookkeeping. And we thought it'd be fun to share what it's like for both of us as the partner of the entrepreneur. And then um, because Greg is starting a bookkeeping business, we thought we'd talk a little bit about why that business and what you know about therapists when it comes to their books and money and all of that. So this is actually a little nerve wracking for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel I feel protective of you and uh, I like that you're behind the scenes and nobody knows you but now I'm bringing you out into the light <laughs> for everyone yeah. to meet so what do you remember about when I started my private practice I mean you were full-time teaching so let's just be honest I had the privilege of being in a dual income relationship. Um, right. Uh, and I had my my job when I started my practice. But what do you remember about it? Yeah. It was stressful. Was it? For you. I think it seemed more stressful for you than it was me, but it's your, your, your yeah. business you're building. Uh-huh. You know? And so, yeah, you had um, therapy clients you were seeing in the evening, and then you had a full-time job and trying to build a business mm -hmm. on top of all that and I know I know it was very like it, I mean for me I, I felt like I was just trying to like keep everything calm and stable <laughs> while you were trying to figure it you know trying to make sure that you know building a business was the best thing for our family uh-huh and it seemed like it I mean, it always had like it's, it's up, it's and downs um, for your business. Some days it's great, and other days you're like, I don't know if this is the right decision. Other days, oh yeah, this is great, and then you know it's kind of up and down. And so I'm trying to keep everything kind of stable, and I don't know, <laughs> something like that. That's that's your role in general. I yeah. run around freaking out while you stay calm. I well, we didn't have Claire yet either, so I I. I also had the privilege of being able to work evenings with a lot more ease, I think, than right. um, after she came along. I mean, after she came along is when I left completely and um, scaled it from part-time to full-time. Right. That was interesting as well. Yeah. What do you remember about me and money? 
<laughs> and my business. Um, you know, I think with the business, it you do start freaking out some with money, and uh, especially especially when you rely on clients to pay you, then you're wondering like, am I gonna, you know, am I gonna be paid next month, or are there clients gonna be coming in? And so you're never quite sure until um, you start getting the clients. And the experience. And the experience. It helps, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think uh, trusting, yeah, it just comes with time. But I think when it comes to numbers, there's many a times where you and I have sat at a table and I've cried saying, I don't understand any of this, and you have had no problem. Yeah, I'm pretty calm when it comes to numbers. <laughs> I like I'm pretty calm in general, I guess. But but looking at yeah, look looking at numbers has always come kind of natural for me. Mm-hmm. So I guess you're yeah, you're crying looking at numbers. I'm looking at them, trying to figure out okay, what's happening here and where are we going? Right, you're more detached, I think, from yeah the emotional component Correct. of it. So have you noticed? Well, this might be a very ego-driven question, but have you noticed any changes in how I do business over time? Like how it's been watching me, you know, we've been at it, what, almost nine years, ten years now? Right. So how has it changed? Because I imagine you watching me in the beginning, you're like, well, I don't know if this is going to work out either. But now, how do you feel about it? Um, now I'm very confident that it works out. Really? Yeah. I'm totally confident. I know sometimes you're not, but you are, I I believe, I think you're more confident than you were in the beginning now that you actually have a business because when you're building it, you, you're not sure if it's going to work out or not. But now that it's worked out over quite a few years, you're a little more confident. Right. I, I always But you still freak out. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes you still freak out. Yes. And I, I think yeah. I try to be honest about that with people that um, we all have different levels of self-esteem and confidence and all of those kinds of things. And the more honest I can be about my struggles and it normalizes. However, I do feel quite vulnerable at this moment <laughs> <laughs> because the person that knows me best is having a conversation with me on this podcast that I invited you on. But I think, well, well, then I imagine, yeah, so as my confidence builds, then your confidence builds. Because sometimes therapists will come to me and say, well, my partner, for example, like boot camp, they don't uh, understand why I should invest in this kind of program or whatever. And usually it's just when you're really clear as to what you're doing and why you're doing it, it seems that it does help your partner um whether that be a um you know in anything actually it helps them feel more confident so the more i can like say this is what's happening this is what i'm doing and why i feel better and then it allows you to feel better right yeah right. yeah so if someone is listening and they want their partner to listen to this podcast, what advice do you have for partners of entrepreneurs, particularly therapists? <laughs> We're a fun bunch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, it's helpful to have a partner who is a little understanding and empathetic 
of where you're at with like starting your business and you know it there's a lot riding on you and the your clients and how much and your income and so to be very supportive and um hopefully a little more calm Mm -hmm. you know i mean i i mean it's fine that you know one person relationship is freaking out over the numbers but the i feel like the other person needs to be a little more calm and not freaking out with them that just exasperates the situation and Right, or no. putting pressure. Or like, puts pressure on you. You don't put pressure on me. However, I put enough on myself for the two of us. Right, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, yes. Right. So, I think that's, yeah, if if a partner can be, I like that, can just be calm, kind of more of the steady person and compassionate. Um, and... I think that stance of, of like, you don't know my business totally, right? I mean, there's no way you can know fully right. the ins and outs of everything I do all day. I mean, you're starting to see now more that we work together at home. But, right. you know, but just trusting me has, I, I mean, that allows me to feel more confident too. So sometimes if I'm like, well... Greg actually is supportive and believes in me. <laughs> Maybe there's something here, you know. And it, um, so I think partners can play a big role in the decisions that um, therapists make in their practices because when they feel supported, it's going to be a much different decision making process than when you feel pressured and scared um, and fearful. Right. Decisions made out of fear are always rough yeah so but i feel like that's always been great about you and your business you you seem to you know even when you're like fearful or afraid of something you seem to get help from someone whether it's another coach or someone like that oh. to really help your business yeah you know which is nice well thank you so that always helps thanks for being supportive of that i didn't yeah. know you felt that way yeah i mean it's not all on the partner. <laughs> right. It's not on the partner to try to figure out your business. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. Which has been interesting. Okay. So over a year and a half, you found out that your position at your school where you were teaching was going to be eliminated. They were going to change the program. And so for the past year and a half, we've known that things are going to be changing, which has been rough. Right personally (laughs) the unknowns have been rough um and so now i'm on the other side watching you because you've decided to start your own business and now i'm on the other side watching you do it now this i think what's (laughs) okay what i think is even more of a challenge is that my job is to coach other business owners but that's not my job for you. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remind yourself. So I constantly have to be like, wear the wife hat, not the consultant That's hat. right. <laughs> because you do things quite differently, and I think your clients <laughs> do things differently a lot of times than I do. <laughs> this is true. You're very much your own person. You don't really care what other people are doing. You do your own thing. Right. I admire that. <laughs> I do. I do it on my time schedule. <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> Maybe that's a lot of partners, though. 
<laughs> well, yeah, opposites attract, I guess. Yeah. So, tell me about why. Okay, first, tell me about why you decided to go into your own business. Yeah, for me, I, I've always had. It seems like I'm continually having like a different type of business throughout my life. I've had several businesses. Yes, that's you know? true. And I've always just wanted to w- work from home and, you know, and be self-employed. It's glamorous, right? Yeah. Put in the laundry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I just, I've always, you know, I've always wanted that. I think my whole life pretty much. Yes. This and, is true. I've known you for 20 years. And when we first met, this was back before people really knew to buy domain names and things like that. You were building websites back when it was... Wasn't it hard coded? Like <laughs> it was HTML. Yes, and you <laughs> yeah. were and you were doing like wedding invitations or party invitations. Yeah, like wedding websites and things like that. You're yeah. way ahead of I, your time, Greg Higdon. Yeah, back then I think I was too ahead of my. I think way ahead of my time. <laughs> there was probably six businesses doing that in the world. Yeah, and no one is really buying the service because they didn't really. See the need for it, right? <laughs> and, so, and when's the last time we sent out invitations in paper? I know things you know? have changed a lot, but I was ahead of my time back then. Uh, so, so yeah. Now it's, so ever since I've known you, you've always had a side hustle, or and then there was a time where you were working from home, and that was your full gig. We weren't dating at the time; we right. were just friends. But yeah, right. So yeah, you've always been into it, and now you want to do that again. And I want to do that again. Um, yeah, my my experience has always, for the past more than a decade, I guess, has been in education. And after seeing like how, how Kelly deals with numbers and sees numbers, and you know, how I deal, I, I'm right how, here. And <laughs> I know you're right here. I know how you see numbers, and then you know, I I know sometimes your clients the same way. They kind of freak out over numbers. I. I've seen, you know, business owners avoid the numbers and try not looking at them. And then get and, hit with a big tax yeah. bill. And then at the end of the year, you realize I have to do my numbers and I have to get my books in order. And so for me, I've always approached numbers and uh, bookkeeping for my own business or Kelly's business kind of really calmly. And I, and that's where I want to go with my business now. I mean, when I'm looking at like bookkeeping and then talking to um, clients and kind of empowering them or giving them confidence with their numbers. Yeah. That's really what I want to do. Right. So. so again, like in all businesses, we're most successful when we incorporate our story and our life experience in what we're doing. And so as an educator, doing numbers, but then empowering and educating the people for whom you do the numbers. Um that's kind of what sets you apart. Okay, I have a question because for me, I think you, you already know this, but we'll just let everybody in on our personal life. For me, it freaked me out. Like the wife side of me is I want to be supportive of my husband. Right. Um, we talk to our financial advisor and they're like, you guys will be fine. But then the... Um, the real me, <laughs> the usual me, goes to freaking out mode. When I started my business, did you freak out about the finances? No, I didn't. <laughs> Pretty calm when it comes to finances. Jeez. Yeah. I wish you could bottle some of that up. 
I think that's just unfair. Okay, so, but again, we will be fine. And you are starting the business and you and you have clients already and things are happening. And it's, I don't know, what do you think is going to be different for us as a couple being two people who own their own businesses? What do you see already different and what do you think will happen? Just curious. Um, I think for the two of us at least, since we're both working, I think both working from home, is that one, we see each other a lot more, so we spend a lot more time together. Mm-hmm. You know? Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. And I don't know, I think it builds a stronger relationship. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see what you do in your business and you see what I do in my business. So we kind of have a little more understanding of what each other doing during the day. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think, oh, well, I'll also say this. It's also opened up more possibility in terms of where we live or where we go. We've, yeah. we've talked about going. We're not really tied down to staying where we're at now. We can right. kind of move. If we wanted if to. If we want. Right. Or vacation when we want. Sort of, but we have a kid in school, you know. Yeah. Her education. It's a, it's a little more <laughs> flexible, though, because when yeah. I was an educator and she was going to school, we'd have different times off. That's for true. For the most part, except for Christmas holiday break in December. That's true. Yeah. I think... Um, I think for me, as long as I stay in my lane as your wife, right? <laughs> uh, and though I did help you with your website, that was my like gift to your you, business. You did. Gift. It looks amazing. <laughs> I was like, let me at least do this. That will be my gift to you. But and you've reached out for support as well, um, and that give. Now I see. I see what you're saying about how me like hiring coaches and me getting support from other people allows you to just be my spouse and supporter. And it's the same when you reach out to coaches and when you reach out to other colleagues and things like that, it does give me peace of mind and it allows me to know, like, I just have to be here as your wife, you know? So your business is bookkeeping and, oh, bookkeeping so you've been doing my books <laughs> your books and books for my business yeah over the years yes and yeah exactly and I still have to I'm gonna be honest I still have to go through every charge just so I know I'm one of those like experiential people some people don't care they'll just throw their numbers at a bookkeeper and be like deal with it but I like to see because I have found like double charges that shouldn't have happened or things like that. So it just helps me know and stay accountable to myself. Right. Um, because, well, one of the things that I've talked a lot about in boot camp and Miranda and I have shared is, you know, 
my money story being one that, you know, I had to hire a financial coach. I worked on money mindset stuff. Numbers just freaked me out. Sure, I took AP calculus, but when it comes to like dollars and cents, I don't know. I feel, um, I, I used to feel pretty inept. It would, uh, it was a very like shaming experience. Right. You know this yeah. because like I made some mistakes when it came to taxes. It took me years to understand some of the tax stuff and my dividends because I was a corporation and I don't know why I couldn't wrap my head around it. I finally, finally have it down, yeah. but, um, yeah. And so that's my process, but I still have a, I still have you do my books because you can, you reconcile it. So can you explain what reconciling is? Cause you and I had this discussion the other day. So what is reconciling? Yeah, reconciling the books is just going through all of your accounts that are connected to your books. And, uh, for example, looking at your checking account, you know, whether it's um, Chase or Bank of America, whatever it is, and then looking at that and compare those to the numbers that are actually in your uh, bookkeeping program that you're using. And to make sure that all of the, you know, all the incomes coming in and all the expenses and everything are there and that they, they match up. Okay. Because sometimes what you find is maybe there's maybe there's an expense that you know was in your um, like Chase account, you know your bank account, and then it didn't it wasn't in actually in your books, right? And so that could save you some money. That has you know? happened to or me. Or duplicate yeah. duplicate expenses sometimes yes happen. So you just need to make sure all those are in there correctly. So I'm not in the mood to go through line by line and double check against you know what my bank says and what the accounting software says. So that's the reconciliation part. So that's why I have you do that because yeah. I don't want to. It's good for me to get a good overview, though. Now, not everybody wants to do that, like I said. So in bookkeeping, your job duties are to categorize the expenses. Right, categorize the expenses. And the income. And the income and uh, reconciliation of the books. Uh-huh. And then one of the things that you do is you help people understand their profit loss. So what's a profit loss sheet? <laughs> so a profit loss sheet um, is, is something you run in, in your books like over a period of time. Maybe it's a month or maybe it's a quarter. Mm-hmm. And um, it lists kind of your, your income surplus. Sur- Sources and where you're getting your income from, and lists all your um, uh, categories of expenses. Right. You know, so, and uh, tells you like, are you actually making a profit at the end? If you look at your income and your expenses. And it is from that profit and loss sheet that I then take those numbers to my accountant, and I say, I now have a formula for my accountant, but I say this is what I'm going to pay on my quarterly based on these, the P and L from this quarter, profit and loss. And then my account says, yay, or, oh, maybe you should do this. So the bookkeeper and the accountant. So basically the bookkeeper prepares the documents so the accountant can do the taxes and can make advisements, correct? Correct. The accountant makes advisements, that's right. Right. Yeah, the bookkeeper is not an accountant. Correct. So... I know profit and loss, um, so one of the things that you've done is, like, you're able to say, oh, just a heads up, your expenses doubled this month, or, hey, 
just a heads up, your income is tripling <laughs> over these. That's what anybody wants right. to hear. So that, yeah, that's one of the responsibilities of a bookkeeper to kind of show you the trends and what's happening over a period of time. Right. So what do those trends mean for business? Because I, my personal stance is, is when people, for example, when people are looking at, we'll just talk about in private practice, since you and I both have worked with all kinds of business owners, but in private practice, you're, some people experience summer slumps right. or um, the winter doldrums, and one of the ways that you can project your income for the next year is looking at the past year. That's right. And then you can and you can look at those profit and loss sheets per quarter and say, okay, I know that in summer I have a slump. So in the spring, I need to up my marketing. I need to change up something. I need to consider what other services I could provide to boost that so I can level out my year, for example. Or, right. But that profit and loss is something that you can start over time seeing patterns and then start making better business decisions, marketing decisions based on those patterns. That's correct. Yeah. I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. So... What are some of the common bookkeeping mistakes that you see people make? Hmm. I think some of the mistakes is one, at least something that makes it kind of difficult for bookkeepers, is that sometimes people use their business credit card for personal expenses. I wouldn't know anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's it's probably very easy to kind of just reach in your purse or wallet or whatever it is and pull out a card and then pay for something and then realize, oh, it's used your business card. You should have used your personal right. card. And then trying to, you know, when you look at someone's books and you don't know, like you have to kind of, in some ways, like, as a bookkeeper, you you assume that everything on there is for the business. Right. You know, but if it's not, then you could get in trouble in the long run if you ever get audited. Right. So that's happened to me. And then basically I'll tell you, oops, <laughs> I did it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's why it's important to kind of, if when you know you did that, to contact your bookkeeper and let them know that this is for personal use. Because then you can you can do your thing <laughs> to make it clear. So that way it's not counted in. Uh, as an expense on your business and it eliminates problems if you ever are audited right because you're really clear like you've made a, you made a mistake i think if you do it over and over you you've said to me like that's just poor practice a few times like things happen and you can fix that in the books but you want to really have separate business and personal Yeah, accounts. it needs to be very separate, especially for like the IRS. Yeah. I mean, they have to know that things are separate. If you're, if most of your business expenses are, you know, are for, it seems like to Target or other, <laughs> you know, grocery stores or things like that, then right. it's, it's possible the IRS would say, wait a minute, you're spending all this money, but it's not actually for your business. Right. You know, so right. they might declassify you <laughs> or change your um, <laughs> or status penalties. as a penalties or change your, tell you that this is not a business thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you got to be careful with those things. Okay. So that's one of mixing, uh, one that can really mess up the books is mixing the personal and business. What else? Um, I, you know, I think the other thing that people do that, you know, it doesn't really mess up. I don't think it really messes up the book so much. It's just not keeping track of the receipts. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a big one. 
I think that people do. Okay, well, let's you know. share how we do it. Okay. Okay, how do you keep track of receipts? Because you, um, you have business cards um, for my business and your business. Like right. that way, if we ever had to run errands for each other or whatever. So how do you keep track of receipts? For me, I just take a picture of a receipt. I try to, you know, it's a matter of like remembering to do that. And I, I finally got in the habit of doing that. Do you take it of, in an app or? Um, it depends on the card. Um, some cards actually have an app where you can take a picture of the receipt and it connects it. Um, uh, there's also like current, like for bookkeeping, I use QuickBooks. And so there are apps that um, uh, attach to QuickBooks that you can use to take a picture of receipts and it puts your receipt directly into QuickBooks for you. All right. So. Do you want to know how I do it? How do you do it? <laughs> you pile them up in your purse or something. I do. Yes. And then... <laughs> And then, right. well, when I had an in-house assistant, then I would hand them to her and say, can you take pictures and attach these? <laughs> yeah. But now, okay, so there's other things like um, there's an app called Shoebox that I've used before where you actually do take all your receipts. They give you an envelope. You can ma- mail in the receipts and they scan them on. Of course, there's a fee for that. Or um, it's just an app that scans but when I am on top of things, I will scan the receipt into the bookkeeping software. Now, prior to you doing this business, by the way, I've always used GoDaddy Outright. While I don't love GoDaddy's principles, Outright was bought out by them and it was an easier software for me. However, watching you do bookkeeping, I'm now seeing some of the value of QuickBooks. So... Right. Um, Especially for you as a bookkeeper, why accountants and bookkeepers love QuickBooks. But anyway, so if you do have a QuickBooks account, then I'm, yeah, scanning, getting in the habit because my wallet, I can't even zip it. <laughs> I mean, I have a small wallet, let's just say, but it's got a few receipts and I need to clean it out. So just so you know, it happens to all of us that we lose receipts and we don't track it. But if you can start getting in those habits, Right. That's what it takes. And and it will make it a lot easier when your bookkeeper comes back to you for a charge. Like, for example, you're doing like a lot of cleaning up. So people that haven't had bookkeeping for the past year that are trying to get ready for taxes or the end of the year, you'll right. do a cleanup. And you're going to say, what is this Trader Joe's charge in January? If they don't have a copy of that receipt, how are they going to know? And how right. are they going to tell the government? If ever they're audited, well, actually, these were um, those chocolate graham crackers were supplies, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Exactly, it's like if they're attached to some kind of event, it's okay, right? You no, know, but, but how are yeah, you going to remember? You have to have the receipt to itemize remember, it. itemize it, remember that. Yeah, especially back in January or before that, even it's kind of right. That's important. So. I'm going to add a third to your list, mm-hmm. or do you have a third? And then okay, I was going to say the big thing is people just don't do it. They just don't um, look at their books regularly. Right. And so what I find happens is that therapists get gobsmacked when they uh, realize that all that money that they were putting in their account, a good portion of that has to go to the government um, for taxes or those kinds of things. Or it also is emotionally exhausting because... Um, if you know your patterns of your profit and loss, it's a lot easier to, um, be calm when maybe you have a slow month or the phone doesn't 
ring as much. You you've already known that this was this usually happens and how to prepare for that. And so I think the avoidance of bookkeeping overall is a big thing, which is right. good. Like if you're going to avoid it, then outsource it. And I am not a certified bookkeeper. And so even though I used to, I still go through my categories. You still have to fix it. Cause you know, better than I do about some of those things. Right, and that's definitely great advice for anyone. If you don't understand something, and you, especially if you find yourself avoiding looking at it mm-hmm. or talking about it, then it's better to hire someone else to do it for you mm-hmm. than it is to just avoid it, and eventually you do have to pay taxes on that money mm-hmm. Yeah, that you're earning, so you have to figure all that out. Yeah. So that's why I offer bookkeeping cleanup. Yes. So. All right. How was your first podcast? Really good. Excellent. Not bad working with your wife? It's great working with my wife. You, now you need to go fold the laundry. No, I'm just <laughs> We do have a pile of laundry yeah. that needs to be folded. Right. Someone's got to fold the laundry. Oh, when is Claire going to do that? <laughs> she can fold towels. She can fold towels and put them away. But I use the KonMari method for folding, and so she's not there yet. And I'm not there either. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it. I can't do that either. <laughs> Well, you guys, thanks for listening to us today. I hope, if anything, you got a few laughs and some encouragement uh, for your partners um, who are watching you go through this process of building a practice. And if you need a bookkeeping service, if you need help with your books, Greg does cleanup, and then he does monthly packages where he provides education and you can find them at growthebooks.com and you do a free consult too yeah i do a free consult so what's involved in the consult (laughs) (laughs) i never had a free consult (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about um, what you're currently doing and your experience with um, looking at your books and what type of person you are with that are you avoiding them or do you kind of look at them Um, have you had a bookkeeper in the past and what's your experience with that and um, uh, your business needs going forward. And then you have packages for that. And I have different package, monthly packages to keep on top of your bookkeeping for you. So if you want a calm force in your business team, someone who is not going to freak out when you freak out, um, Greg's your guy. That's right. Well, he's my guy, but I'll, I'll lend him out to you for bookkeeping. So check him out at Grow the Books. Thanks for being on here, babe. Yeah, thank you. All right. right. Until next time. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.